coming in my pants. I'm coming. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Tra-la-la. I say sunny. It's we, sunny we, now. It's sunny now. It's so rarely that it's not sunny that we all just kind of have a melt. Ah! <laughs> it's sunny in our trousers. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and we're doing a, a little bit shorter show, packing it in with a lot of good stuff. It's though. a really short shoe. Uh, because I got to get on a plane and go to AmeriCade yeah, which tonight. Is like Lemonade. Yep. And I still got to get with the America. show <laughs> edited, edited and posted. Um so got a small crew and uh, some good subjects. So you already heard the sultry tones of Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. As always, I'm thrilled to be here. We have had a busy weekend. Uh, yeah, we have. It's not stopping for you. I mean, when this show is over, I'm going to go home. I'm going to cook myself a nice meal of bangers and mash or bubble and squeak and I shall be going to bed or probably after a hot bath but you your weekend is extending <laughs> yeah. is extending it is it is no and this was a uh, d- this was a two bow tie days in a row Absolutely. Yeah, and so different funny. smoking jackets. <laughs> In different jackets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, and of course, there's the chuckle of the bagler. This podcast is highly concentrated awesomeness in a more efficient form factor. Oh, yeah, I like Where that. Does he get this stuff? <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he writes it down when he's asleep. <laughs> yeah. You might be right about that. Yeah. Well, let's get to what we did today. Bagel. Do you know what we did today? What did you do today? I don't know. Here's a clue. Oh, was it Pride today? Hey, yes. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And happy Pride. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Pride. And as in previous years, <clears throat> we led Pride. We led Santa Cruz Pride. More specifically, (laughs) once again, as cool as I try and make myself, and you know, when I put my mind to it, Emma is pretty cool. Once again, I was upstaged by a child. (laughs) (laughs) Once again. Uh, Bagel, you having trouble hearing? Uh, The audio is way loud all of a sudden. Oh. Coming back to me. Uh, Sorry, I'm adjusting levels here. She's making um, the adjustments. Yeah, I've been trying to get things tuned in. I uh, hope you can handle that. I think it's because yep, Emma just yells. She just yells. Oh, I'm a yeller. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why they call me old yeller. Um, and I, and I, so I just wanted to say, yeah, we had a great pride. It was um, not raining. It was a nice. marine layer. It was raining, ah, Liza. Yes. I was soaked. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> thick marine layer, as we get. It's like <laughs> soup. It was a very aggressive fog. It was a very aggressive <laughs> fog. Uh, yeah, it was wet. Um, it was fierce, even you could say. Well, and here and here's the thing too. Um, and I think this directly reflects, I think, society in many ways. Uh, traditionally, and for many decades, um, 
the the pride parade is started with the dykes on bikes, right? And, and this is going way back to the early days of Pride, to the 1970s. Going way back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've done many parades myself. And, you know, over the years it was, you know, Dykes on Bikes. And then it was um, me and the Dykes on Bikes and Doug. And then it was me and the Dykes on Bikes and more of my friends from the garage. And then the Dykes stopped showing up because they're like, men shouldn't be riding with us. But I don't play And then it game. was the Dyke on Bike so and your friends. Dyke on, the Dyke on Bike and my friends uh, and the Misfits, um, which it has been for years. And it was, yeah, it was. So I'm like, I don't think we can call it the Dyke on Bikes. Uh, Dykes on Bikes. Anyway, I think it should be the Misfits on Bikes. But it was led by my nephew, in quotes, Enzo, who's 12 now, who was riding the a little electric mini bike. And nice. I know that this is fun for him because whenever we do this, Enzo gets to ride on the city streets with us. Yes, yeah. he does. Um, <laughs> Nothing <laughs> illegal about that. A 12-year-old child riding an overpowered electric mini bike on city streets. At least he was wearing a helmet. That's perfectly legal during a parade, right? Which I got him a mirror ball helmet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Um, well, remember... In true misfit fashion, we went to completely the wrong end of uh, Pacific Avenue in Santa Cruz for staging. And then I was told by a very, very nice lady at the barricade that no, staging was not at this end of Pacific. It was the other end. We so, circled the entire downtown Santa Cruz area. So all on city streets. Wow. So Enzo got to a, really a tour of Santa so Cruz on his electric off, we've got bike. Nice. Supermotos, dirt bikes, cruisers, Emma and her Harley, and a kid on a in a little mini bike in between us all in the pack because we are also riding without gear or helmets. Now I only live three blocks from the beginning of the parade, right. so we're not going very far. Yeah. Um, but for the kid, this is an amazing thing because he's riding on city streets in a. Middle, middle of a pack of a mo of motorcycles. Right. And uh, so we had to <laughs> circle the entire downtown and come back to almost where we started to begin. And then we let him lead us off in the parade. So and that was the last minute thing because they said, oh, are you guys leading the parade? And I said, no, he is, and pointed to Enzo, and he, he perked up like a flower. And then the gal who was organizing the parade, she points at Enzo. She goes, you ready? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, off you go. And so Enzo sped off down Pacific Avenue and they're like, there he goes. And everyone's cheering. It was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we had uh, Mardi Gras beads to hand out to everyone. and, and Specifically kids, children. Children. So, yeah, we had a fun time. But yeah. to me, it's, you know what? Pride is supposed to be one thing. But for me, it's not that anymore. It's a time that I get to ride with my friends, but also... My nephew, right. and to see him enjoy this thing. And I know he's making memories. That's the thing I'm most proud of, I'll be honest. Right. Right, and riding with awesome. Enzo on the mini bike. So, so you will fun. be lying in your deathbed in about 50, 40 years from now, 50 years from now. And then Enzo, who will be in his early 60s, will say, do you remember that time you made me lead the Pride Parade? And he'll go, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, no, you won't say, oh, yes, because your memory say, will what? be... What? What? Who? Who Speak are you? Up. Speak up, son. <laughs> yeah. Be drooling down your shirt. Hey, can you change my diaper? <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, Bagel, the thing that really, as I was saying, 
I think was the last nail in the coffin of the Dykes on Bikes lineage was uh, Andy showed up on his chopper. Like I'm talking janky Harley chopper with five mm-hmm. foot tall um, sissy bars and exhaust system mm-hmm. out up the, I mean, crazy. And it's yep. like, a- Andy, jump in, join us. It's like, yeah, this is no longer Dykes on Bikes. This is definitely Misfits on Bikes. And, you know, having a good time. Andy's and- super straight, super <laughs> sis, you know, he's still, he's lost he a, looks like a mountain man. ton of weight. But yeah, he's yeah, still yeah. like a giant haystack kind of character. <laughs> he's very country, yeah. is Andy. Yeah. But, you know, expect to see him in like a farmer's overall with a hayseed <laughs> in his mouth. Um, with quite an amazing Harley chopper, too. Oh, you, it's a contraption. <laughs> yes. But, you know, uh, circling back, and I said, you know, I think it's reflective of society. And the thing that I am proud of, too, is riding yeah. with my friends because this is... We're no longer segregated in our right. community. It's no. not about any of that. These are my people, and I share, you know, well, every, anything with them. Everyone's so, our people. It's a really good time. And that we can kind of segue back to earlier in the week, because this has actually been quite a big week for the Misfits. I mean, we've got Misfits in Pakistan. We've got Misfits going to Italy. However... At the beginning of this week, we had Misfits in print, more specifically mm-hmm. myself and Liza, mm-hmm. um, Revzilla. And what's the uh, the series called, Downside Up or something? No, Common Tread. Common Tread in Revzilla did an article on um, myself and Liza, and specifically inclusion of the garage. Yeah, thanks to Andy and, for featuring us. Yeah, Andy Greaser. He did a great job of interviewing us both. Um, because when you think of... Uh, you know, queer bikers, who do you go to? Yeah, you're right here. Exactly. <laughs> We're top of the list. And it was a very, very nice, respectful interview. He got our points across very, very well. And, um, yeah, lots of comments, which is great. So if you want to go on to um, Revzilla and yeah, uh, Common, com- Tread. Common Tread, an interview with Liza and Emma from Recycle Garage, it's quite a good read. Well, and yesterday was another great day. Oh, yesterday. Uh, I got to dress up again. And we have to say congratulations to Micah and Charlie. Who tied the knot yesterday. They've been coming to the garage since they were teenagers. Since practically they were embryonic. Micah was in high school (laughs) with Jake. Wow. Who's now a trained killer. I mean, gosh. Exactly. They're growing up. So congratulations to them. We had a great, uh, they had a great wedding in the Redwoods. Oh, it was an absolutely superb location. I mean, it really was a fairy tale location. And awesome. <laughs> originally, Micah said she picked a dress because she wanted to look like a fairy tale Disney princess. Put it on, realized there was nothing Disney or fairy tale or princess like about mm-hmm. her dress. But it was awesome. Yeah, and, so was the cleavage. Yeah, and very orange. Um, and we all had such a good time. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. a lot of the gang there. That's what Andy rode his chopper from Denver. Right. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And again, you talk about inclusiveness. It was absolutely the gamut of people were there. I'd, prob- I'd say probably 50% of people. How many people would you say were there, Eliza? Uh, 100? No, more than that. 200? 
Yeah, let me a hundred and sixty, maybe. So let's let's say sort of mid to late hundred. Fifty percent of them were motorcycle people, um, you know, just either bike people or vampires, because of course Charlie is very very big into the vampires, and Micah, of course, that's a job. So there were lots of motorbike people, um, and lots of other people, ranging from just very steadfast conservative folk to sort of hippie type Europeans. people and Europeans people came over from is. Holland. Um, Micah's dad's um, highway patrol, isn't he? he? Yeah, I think he, or something like that. Sh- something, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's some pretty serious people there. We're all just having such a good time. All here for Micah and Charlie. But my favorite is when, oh, after God. they did the ceremony, different um, people, People from the the wedding party were going up to the mic and telling stories. <clears throat> and Micah's mom, who I've never met, um, came up and was telling a story about Charlie when they were first dating. And she didn't know anything about this guy. At first, oh, he looks like a nice guy. And then, oh, found he's a biker. You know, there was that. <clears throat> oh, uh, he's a biker. But, you know, and they, they knew that their daughter was hanging out with these bikers and Talking about how one day uh, she and her husband were up on the coast, just walking along the beach, having a nice, you know, in afternoon walk, and hear this rumble of all these bikes coming, and and then looks over, and then one of them says, "Hi, mom," and she looks over and realizes they're all naked, including Micah, including her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who's riding on the back of Charlie's bike? Like, well, there's my teenage daughter. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I didn't introduce myself to their parents because I didn't know how I would be received. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you're the one. <laughs> but I can't believe that made it into a wedding speech. But um, that that was a good time. It was a good time. So. Wonderful time over the weekend. Like I say, Liza's weekend is being extended. She's taking the red eye. What time do you get into um, New York? Uh, tomorrow morning. At? Mm, like 10 a.m. or something. Oh, God. Are you going to sleep on the plane? I have a three-hour layover halfway through, oh, which makes it really hard. Well, <clears throat> you know who else is having a good time who? on their trip? Stumpy John. In fact, Bagel, I don't know if you saw the video we posted. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I can play this for you. First day out, I'm feeling like a new man. I got some sleep. That's a good thing. I had a good poop. Oh. That's, always, that's always a good thing. So, yeah, looking forward to visiting Lahore and hanging out today and learning stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, we need to teach this guy about... Uh, social media posts oh absolutely <clears throat> he's, but, he's stoked first day here had a good poop feeling good now here <laughs> is a motorcycles and misfits top, top tip mm-hmm. if you ever travel anywhere with stumpy john you need to get into the mindset nobody poops like stumpy john <laughs> i mean nobody oh, oh no you know it's it's quite it's quite something um he he always comes out of the bathroom noticeably slimmer well, you know, some people, you know, when you travel, you learn a lot about people. Some people, if they're hungry, they get a little cranky. Yes. And then there are people like John. It's the opposite. Once he poops, he's all good. He's yeah, set. exactly. Well, he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. agile. 
<laughs> it seems like um, a new man. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and uh, I was looking also, um, there's a thing I started on the Pakistan trip. It's called the Band-Aid Ceremony. Right. Uh, yeah. Which anytime somebody crashes, at the end of the day, everyone presents their helmets. Right. And you get a Band-Aid for every crash you've done. And you pointed out to me that crashing over there, I mean, if you crash here in America or, you know, to any of our listeners oh, yeah. in Europe, it's quite it's, a big deal. It's a devastating to you and the bike. Right. However, out there, it's kind of a way of life. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons you might crash. Mostly people grab brakes or hit sand or diesel or a sheep. And they, you just go down, but you're not going fast. They're 150 cc bikes right and you get back up and i i always say um this is my saying uh bad riders crash good riders crash and get back on but you get a little band-aid so so you get a band-aid as your badge of honor and so i i told john hey take a take a box of band-aids you should carry on the tradition and uh after their (laughs) The first there's or second day picture. of riding, there, uh, there's a picture of so one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Oh, one, no. two, three, no, seven, no, six of them holding up their helmets, some with a band aid, some with two band aids. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so God. I'm like, oh, they're having fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're having fun. I can't wait. To hear his stories. Uh, Bagel, when are you going to do another trip to Pakistan? Uh, I don't know yet, but I would love to go. Yeah, and speaking of trips, are you going to be taking a trip this summer anywhere? Um, Maybe I'm go east? To, I'm thinking about it. I'm still trying to figure mm. that out. Because I, I, am, I am very tempted. I'm, I'm very tempted to take the van. <gasps> just in case. Oh. Well, we'll see. <clears throat> Yeah, of course, I'm talking about AMA Vintage Days. Um, oh, yeah. Big shout out to Phil and the Cleveland Moto guys again for even introducing this. We're all talking about it because we're getting excited. It's next month, um, and I'm bringing Haley Bell and Moyne Khan, and I want to try and get Moyne a, a vintage dirt bike and enter in, in some races. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. crushed that I won't be there. But, of course, I will be somewhere else. Yeah. Got too much going on. Yeah. Um. You know, there was, there's a couple, bunch of things I want to talk about, but let's just, let's get to the the first thing, because this is something, you know, we, tr- we talk about being inclusive, and I think a lot of this came from that article we were talking about how we're all inclusive. Um, and it's not just with people, it's with bikes, too. And not just bikes, it's scooters, right? <laughs> what? We are inclusive, and we're always... Death traps. <laughs> You know, I'm always trying to be more mindful and inclusive. Hey, Emma, you rode my scooter today. There, it's fun. No, and I mean, the, you see, I wanted to do an oil change on the Harley. What is more convenient than a scooter with a top case? You just zip down to the auto parts store, get the oil filter and the jug of, of oil, mm-hmm. put it in the top case, bring it back. And, you know, yeah, it's fun. It, it is fun. But, you know, I started thinking about the differences between motorcycles and scooters. And I started wondering, I wonder if there's things that scooters have figured out and do better. Mm. You know? Um, 
Mm-hmm. And I will use her example, and, and maybe this will make it on Bagel's list. I asked him to make a list of the top 10 things scooters do better than motorcycles. And I'm just, uh, Bagel, let me just jump in, because one of the things that I thought, you know, there might be something here, and, and Emma might shoot this down and have a reason for it, but I thought changing tires is a pain in the ass. But having split rims makes it really easy. And I was like, you know, split rims is pretty cool. So, Bagel, for those who don't understand split rims, can you describe it? Okay, so this this is a feature that is uh, common on many vintage scooters, um, not so much on modern scooters. But basically the way it works is your wheel rims are made out of pressed steel and they have two halves and they bolt together in the middle. So that way it makes it very easy to just unbolt the wheel and take it off of each side of the tire and replace the tube and and or the tire, whatever you need to do, and get it back together and put it back on the bike, all with just simple tools. You don't need a tire machine. You don't need, uh, you don't even need a balancer because those, those are usually 10-inch tires, which are small enough that they don't require balancing. Um, so it's a, it's a very... What's a wonderfully handy uh, feature to have on vintage scooters because you can do it all yourself right in your driveway. So, Emma, do scooters do it better than motorcycles, split rims? There is a motorcycle with split rims. Wait, what? It's one of your favorites as well. Oh, yeah? CX500 Turbo? Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, CT70. Well, yeah, it's basically a scooter. Well, yeah, really? exactly. Oh, I didn't know those had split rims. Yeah, they got split rims. Oh, yes, nice. yes, 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 yes. Cool. Let's see. I have the, a model yet, yet right there. Another reason for me okay. to like them. Now, so let's, um, you see, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Scooters can be easier to change the wheels on, but they can be a pain in the ass because right. you've got to get the exhaust off on most of them. Some. On um, some, yes. However, I, Vespas, you don't need to worry about that. I like the idea of having the same front and rear wheel so the yep. wheels become interchangeable. I like that idea. And that was one of the points I wanted to bring up. Ah, <laughs> so that, that most scooters um, have the same size wheel front and rear so that mm. they are interchangeable. Now, that again, this is something that is less common on modern scooters because... With well, they have the, the spline, modern... don't they? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Some do, but others, like the GTS, have have the same rim front and rear, but they take different size tires. So uh, you have a 130 in the rear on a GTS versus a 120 on the front. So they're not interchangeable, and they also don't have a spare on the modern Vespas. But for vintage Vespas, uh, they have not only the split rims, and but they have the same size wheels and tires front and rear, and Another feature that I wanted to bring up is that they can carry a spare wheel and tire Mm -hmm. so that if you have a flat, Mm -hmm. you just take five nuts, take the wheel off, put the other wheel with the spare tire on it, and you're back on the road in like 10 minutes. You know what, Emma, that makes me think, God, if if my bikes had the same tires front front and rear, and your rear wears out faster than your front... You could just then do you the, could move the back to the front and right. put a new one on the rear, and then just keep yep. rotating. Well, you know, that, and that is uh, exactly what you do. Oh, but that you see, is better. Yep. I agree. Back yep. in the yep. old days of car ownership, before they came into 
asymmetric tires and rotational tires. You should always rotate your tires. I think you put the left front on the right rear and the right, and you know, so on and so forth. But the idea is you rotate all your tires and, you know, the worst one ends up in the trunk. And then you do that a couple of times and then that's it. All your tires wear out evenly. Brilliant. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'd agree. But rotating tires on a scooter. Yes, I can see that. All yeah. right. All right. What's yep. next on your list, Bagel? All right. So number four. Uh, wait, are light- hold on. One, wait, what was one, two, and three? <laughs> okay. Well, number one was, was the split rims. Okay. Split rims. Yep. Okay. Uh, number two was the uh, the wheel size. Oh, yes. wait, okay. Wheel size. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, number three is the spare tire. Spare tire. Okay. Yep. Yes. So. Got so it. Three, three advantages right there. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, number four Wait, hold is, on. Your yeah. walls have spare tires. Yes, they do. Some motorcycles do. And some motorcycles, like Emma said, have split rims. But they're not very common. Yeah, mm. no, that is true. Okay. Right? All right. So number four is they are lightweight. Um, scooters are typically designed with small engines and small frames to be lightweight and very easily maneuverable which is a lot less intimidating for somebody who doesn't have a lot of upper body strength or leg strength to handle a heavier bike. <clears throat> so uh, so it, it, scooters in that sense are a lot more approachable, a lot more <laughs> maneuverable, especially, well, I'll take you to another point, but, but they're, they're very lightweight and easy to handle. Um, All right. So they're not, they're, they don't feel, they're not something that you're going to be worried about. You know, if you, if you go down on it, you're not necessarily going to get crushed beneath yeah. it. Like, like you'd be able to push it off if it were to land on top of you. you right. I mean, obviously, you get injured, but you're not going to get pinned underneath it. All right, Emma, let me ask you this. and Just make up an answer. It doesn't have to be accurate. How much does a Vespa 250 weigh, and how much does a Ninja 250 weigh? Oh, I think the Vespa's a lot Ooh. less. So it really is that much less? Oh, I think it's probably 50 or 60 pounds less. I think the Vespa's about 320, 25 pounds, something like that. Yeah, and the, the, the Ninja's got to be 375. Yeah. Got to be at least. Yeah, and and I will say modern scooters, again, are a lot heavier than vintage scooters typically. Well, there's um, more of them. The, yeah, and the bigger displacement so, engines, obviously. What's making that. it lighter weight? I know it feels lighter because the weight is at the bottom. Well, I know it's, it, it boils down to the well, same thing. It's the frame. Because it's yeah. a monocoque. Mm. All motorcycles are separate frame, you see, with, with one or two exceptions. But we're talking about well, the lightweight segment. There, there are some scooters that have tube frames as well. But again, they're, they're all designed to be very lightweight because that's efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, that's, that's one the of the hallmarks of scooters, that they have small, small engines to move a lightweight bike so that you're not you know, burning up all your, all your fuel just moving the mass of the vehicle itself. You know, they're, they're designed to do do as much as they can with as little as possible okay so so you know, whatever the, the frame design is they're designed to to be that way you know purposely cool all right so, so overall they're lighter i can't i can't yep. argue with that either okay yep. uh number five they have uh, they offer better protection from road debris and elements ah, he's got because, us on that one <laughs> because they've got leg shields and uh, yeah you know and often some they have like either windscreens or or you know okay. shields of some kind uh, okay but and motorcycles will have those two full obviously. baggers uh any good touring bike like you know our, our 1150rt i mean sure. you know some k do. bikes um However, yeah. you're talking about the a general run of the mill well, versus a general run of the mill. Yes, scooters will have a leg shield. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go back to today mm-hmm. because um, it was quite wet. Yeah, and I was riding yep. the Harley, 
mm-hmm. and I was dressed for pride, so I actually had like dance footwear on. <laughs> and the 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 moisture that comes up from the road yeah. is amazing. You go through a puddle and you get soaked. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. on a scooter, you know, you you've your feet are on that platform. You know, right. uh, when I had my my custom chopper yes. and it had that giant raked springer front end yes <clears throat> no fender yes. i remember one time i was riding home from work and it had rained when i was at work but it wasn't raining any longer so i'm riding home but the streets were wet it was as if i had a garden hose sprayed at my face oh i can only imagine because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. all the water in the road is being picked up by that tire just shot right at me uh yeah. yes that was very wet so i uh, yeah, you got us again, Bagel. Yep. And and another thing I wanted to mention about scooter floorboards, uh, they're different from motorcycle floorboards because on motorcycles, when you have floorboards, that's usually just a strip that's on the side mm-hmm. of the frame outside of the engine where there's still exposed area between you and the road. Mm-hmm. So those floorboards <clears throat> on a motorcycle don't really protect you from road debris, whereas on a scooter, the floorboard goes across the entire bike from side to side. So it shields you from anything coming up at you. And this now, is why you can wear flip-flops. I suppose if you want. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> but uh, now I will say that that obviously scooters are not weatherproof because rain will still come at you over the top and will still get you wet, but it's not this disgusting <clears throat> road grime muck that's being churned up by your tires and other vehicles' tires. Well, and wasn't that one much. of the features, main features in the design from the beginning? Yeah, that you absolutely. could wear your nice clothes right, and not nice get them dirty. Yes. Right, your nice fashionable Italian clothes yeah. that you don't want to get dirty. Yeah, that was that was one of the big selling points. There is, remained that that is, <laughs> I can't, Emma, what do you think? You got an argument for that? No, none. I think no. you're, yeah, you're right, Bagel. Okay. All right. Now, um, I think we're at number six. Yeah. I think. Um, so the next one, one is uh, now this is a little bit of a gray area because it it depends heavily on local law enforcement Mm. but with scooters they're much easier to get away with parking on sidewalks and bike (laughs) it's so cheating too because they don't technically qualify but people just seem to ignore them they don't but in some places it is actually permitted because in in san francisco for example you are allowed to park on the sidewalk as long as it is under a structure of the building. Mm-hmm. So the building has an awning that comes out on the side. You can park under that awning and it's not illegal, especially as, as long as you're not obstructing passage on the sidewalk, you can park next to the building under the awning. You know what? And yeah. I actually do that when I take my scooter downtown, I'll just like pull up to the front door of businesses and just park on the sidewalk I, because yeah. But if I did it with my bike, I'd get I get a ticket right right away. Yep, and yep. not just that, but people notice you on a motorcycle and think you're well, a menacing threat. But and on I, a scooter, I, yeah, I think that all a lot of that boils down to the image thereof. I really mm-hmm. do. I think scooters um, tend to occupy just to you know the public at large. I think scooters tend to occupy a, a far less threatening aura. Yeah, and and I think there's also a, a connection that people make mentally that bicycles are pretty much the same thing as mopeds and mopeds mm-hmm. are pretty much the same thing as scooters. So they just don't park a bicycle rack. 
Yeah. <laughs> so most people don't even bat an eye. I, I, so, yeah, I'll give you that one too. And then I just want to say, I'm not trying to let you win on these. I I, mm-hmm. I wanted to put up a good fight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, you're, I appreciate you're, that. you put some thought into this because you're uh, actually nailing it. I, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> you have. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Yes. Um, uh, they are smaller and easier to maneuver through tight spaces. Um, that's uh, been one of the things that's yeah. been a hallmark, hallmark of scooters since the beginning is that they're very, usually very narrow, very thin, very, you know, low compact. Were they designed so, to weave between the potholes? Weave between the potholes, weave through the alleyways, mm-hmm. weave mm-hmm. between the rubble after World War II. You know, that's, that was all part of what made them. Uh, it's some tiny wheels. Are. I'm telling you, it's some tiny wheels. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they're they're the and the, other, the 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 wheels do affect the handling and make it very squirrely feeling compared to a motorcycle. But the advantage there is that you have a very fine degree of control, so that if you're going through a um, you know a, a rutted road, you can maneuver around all these little bumps and ruts very easily. Whereas with a bigger bike with bigger wheels, it would be harder to do that. Well, and, uh, and not, not just on the bike, but off the mm-hmm. bike, Emma. You used my scooter today, but yes. it was blocked in by a bunch of stuff. Yes. You were able to just whip it around these obstacles quite easily. Whip it good. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. And get it out of the tent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no fuss because it, it's down to the whole lightweight stuff as well. You know, you're pushing around something that's, man, you know, that's... Well, lightweight and lower weight. So yes. it's very easy yes, to it's hold easy. Up. It's easy to push around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't. Can't deny that one. All right, you got All us right. again. Okay, great. Uh, next one, number eight. Scooters are generally simpler to maintain. Um, vintage scooters mm. are two strokes, so there's no valves to adjust. Uh, Vespas have no chain, so there's no chain to worry about. But there's All a belt. Know, there's a belt. Not in not in vintage Vespas. Vintage oh. Vespas are a direct gear drive, right. so there's nothing you need to maintain there. It's all just change the oil. And you know, so it's cha- changing oil, changing spark plugs, uh, changing tires. Right. Um, wow! You know, uh, on a vintage Vespa, it's it's very it's fairly simple. You know, decode okay. the head on it like you would for any two stroke. But all right, but hold on, I'm, I think I might be able to get them on this one. Okay. How about things like accessing the spark plugs or the carburetor? It's not that, as easily accessible, is it? Well, no, that that depends heavily on the model. Now, I will gi- I will give you that there are some scooters like uh, the Vespa, vintage Vespa small frames mm-hmm. have a very strange setup for the carburetor where it's tucked way up inside of the middle of the frame. So it's very hard to get to. People complain endlessly about, about those. So, yeah, in some cases that can be a, a pain. Um, on modern Vespas, the spark plugs are again, buried way down right in that center part of the frame. So they're very difficult to get to, um, but you can get to them. It's just kind of an inconvenience. All right. Let me, let, let me ask. Oh, go ahead. What I'm, but, but my, my point here is more in terms of like the maintenance schedule um, for scooters. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to be fairly simple machines. So they don't have a, you know, a really demanding maintenance schedule that is required of them. It's fairly simple and straightforward, both, both for modern and vintage. I mean, there are there are a couple little tricks that you need to know here and there, but you know, once right. you know how to do it, it's not that hard. All right, Emma. Two bikes have been sitting for ten years in a shed. They right. need to be revived. What are the bikes? One is a Honda Rebel two fifty, and one is a. Tell me if I got this right. PE two hundred Vespa. 
or P two hundred E. P two hundred E. P two hundred E Vespa. Yeah. Oh God! No, the so which re- one is going to be easiest to revive? Rebel. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, if and how enough- it sitting for ten years? Yes. If nothing okay. else, the Rebel won't have crusty crank seals. Well, this is true. I mean, but this is but you're also comparing two strokes and four strokes. Yeah. If you have a, if you're if you're comparing a two stroke motorcycle that's been sitting there for ten years. Yeah, it, it would be the same thing. Yeah, but, but because yeah. you brought up and, the two stroke valves are easier, so that's why right. I used that one. Right. But but also uh, you know, compare a Rebel two fifty with a GTS two fifty. You know, the GTS, you know, you might need to change the belt some tires but you'd have to do you know tires on on the here's a question for you bagel and bear in mind i don't know these bikes as well as you do yeah if that p200e has a rusty fuel tank is that Mm -hmm. removable the tank oh it is three bolts under the seat and then the tank comes out yep and are they available oh yeah you can get you can get new tanks from scooter shops oh okay scooter shops in and out in and out of the country all right. All right. So, what do you think, Emma? You're the you're the mechanic. Maintenance. No, uh, you know, I mean, it's much of a muchness. Scooters, by their nature, they're single cylinder mostly. Um, the belts are maintenance heavy. Ten thousand miles, you need belts and rollers and pucks, and there's mm-hmm. no getting away from that. Yeah. Um, but the, it's an easy job. But it's an easy job once you know what you're doing, and there yeah. are tricks to it. Yeah, um, there's a few. Um, I've seen plenty of people come and glued, putting mm. the nut back on the crank and either putting it on crooked or, Ooh, yeah, y- that's y- a bad one. you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, but they are simple. Mm-hmm. You know, my take on it, scooters are their own thing. They have their own community. They have their own maintenance schedule. Um, they're, they're similar, but so different in a lot of ways um i hate to say this but i'm gonna stand by it bagel Mm -hmm. i think it's far easier to become part of the bike community than part of the scooter communicate community from the people i've met you guys are a lot clickier yeah i think that that's that's probably true well let me, all right. Let, it depends, let me, you know, it varies. Yeah, me, no, and I mean, it varies. But, you know, um, I had an experience this week which kind of rocked me to the core. And I'm not going to go into it or hoo hoo because yeah. I don't think this is the platform for it. But I think it exhibits a problem that is prevalent within the scooter industry. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Emma. Yes. And I, this might be a slight modification that wins Bagel's point. Motorcycles or scooters, which can you abuse and neglect more and get away with it? Oh, God. You can neglect a Rebel 250 to within an inch of its life. I, I just say that because I've had the oh. that uh, Honda the CH250 for how many years now? Right. Check the oil once. Yeah, and you and just And the tire go, pressure once. <laughs> and I, I right. didn't even know Again, I was running on eight pounds of pressure. <laughs> however, however... <laughs> Well, let's compare Japanese motorcycle with Japanese scooter yeah, here. That's what I'm going to say. I think <laughs> yeah. that's largely more because it's a Honda mm, rather than it's a scooter. Okay. I yep. think a Rebel 250 would give you a very, very similar. Well, right. no. Compare compare yeah. a Ducati with a Vespa. There you go. But <laughs> a scooter of that age, I mean, there are th- the, ch- the chain 
goes bad, I think, before. I mean, that belt. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I, for I, 10 years. It's going to need new chain anyway. Right? I agree only in that I have abused and neglected my scooter more than any of the bikes. And it still starts up every time I hit that button. It is remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I wish so, you would take care so of it, though. It is a nice I'd bike. give you the point. Emma, are you giving him a half a point? Uh, no, I'll give him half a point. I'm feeling... Okay. I'm, I've had a very, very good weekend for a number of reasons, Bagel. So I'm, gonna, I'm feeling very benevolent. Oh, and well, normally, any argument about the superiority of scooters compared with motorcycles, <laughs> I normally just refer to just babbling from the sickbed. <laughs> <laughs> However, today, I will say that you put up a good argument. I mean, scooters are inferior to motorcycles in every way. However, you put up a fair argument today, a fair oh, argument. You. Okay. No, you're okay. welcome, Bagel. All right, so what does that bring us to, nine? So we are at number nine. Okay, okay. this um, could be the one that swings num- it, Bagel. Number nine? Mm-hmm. Number nine? Number now, this, nine. Now, this is one that... That could be controversial. Oh, okay. Oh, we, we like controversy. We got, we got this is chance. one that applies almost exclusively to modern scooters. Okay. Yes. Um, which is uh, some, a point that I think you had mentioned, Liza, is, is the fact that, that many scooters are equipped with a CVT. Yeah, um, this is CVT. A, a variable transmission that is a belt drive that is essentially automatic. You twist mm-hmm. the throttle and it goes. Well, not just now, automatic, less they, parts. Really yeah. simple, really I mean, simple. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly simple. It's very easy to work on. It's much easier to rebuild a CVT than it is a gearbox transmission. Um, but I, there, there's a lot of contention in the scooter community about CVTs because there are a lot of people who are very, mm-hmm. like in the car world, are very uh, married to manual transmissions because they love mm-hmm. the feel mm-hmm. of going through the gears. They love the pull and and how the power band, you know, how you work with the power band in each gear and you change it based on how you're riding. And I get that. I, that's how I, I mean, I, I, that's me too, but, and I, and I will say I resisted automatic scooters for many years when they, once they, mm-hmm. once Vespa came out with them. But after I actually rode one for an extended period of time, I actually started to appreciate how easy they are. Because there are a lot of times when, especially when you're doing a longer ride like I like to do, um, having to use your left hand to do a lot of clutch work and shifting really can wear your wear your arm out. And mm-hmm. you know, so so having to not having to worry about that with an automatic scooter makes it a whole lot easier. Um, also, even though there's a thrill in you know going at, at you know, peak acceleration through your through the gears to accelerate as fast as you can. You still can't accelerate as fast as you can with the CVT because you're losing every shift. You're losing momentum as you're letting off the throttle and changing gears. With the CVT, you are just accelerating mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, it's and, being variable, it's always where you need it to be when you're at that speed. Right, right. The variator mm-hmm. is tuned to deliver the right amount of, of mm-hmm. torque and power to the rear wheel to to push that bike as, as quickly as it can go. All right. So, and Emma? It's, it's pretty, ama- pretty amazing I, I, technology. I think he's got a point here. On yeah. when I had the um, the, uh, the the 150s yes. that I worked on. Yes. And I did. I had to replace uh, the, what do you call the C? I mean, the CVT of the front and the rear, the actuators. Yeah, the var- what are they? Yeah, Vari- the variators. Variators. I had to replace yeah. some variators 
that was very simple. Let's compare that to changing uh, to a, an R1 that lost second gear. How easy is that? Oh, yeah. Fix? I mean, it's night and day. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. It's an hour compared <laughs> or, or to any bike that's 16 lost hours. lost a gear. You know? Yep. However... I mean, yes, I know it's very famous you bring up the R1 with the failed transmissions, but you, remember, you're doing this every 10,000 miles. So it's quite, mm -hmm. it's heavier maintenance than a chain and sprocket. Um, I mean, it more, was as easy it's as more frequent. changing clutch plates on a bike. Right. But less messy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I would say so. Yeah. Um, so why, are, there, are there large bikes, are there bikes with CVTs? A few. Oh, yes. um, like? there was the Aprilia Mana 850. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was probably the, the most well-known CVT bike. Right. Um, there's, well, then there's the most most produced CVT bike, which is the Honda Cub, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, then and a lot of small, you know, uh, like mini bikes and... and Wait a know, minute. Didn't we give the Cub to you? CVTs? Didn't we give the Cub to you in the is it a scooter or is it a bike challenge? Well, no. I mean, the Cub's <laughs> a manual shift bike with an automatic yeah, clutch. Yeah. So you can't count that. It's manual shift. All right. Well, Emma, what do you think about this CVT? You know, my argument with a CVT, funnily enough, with a single cylinder bike, they're not as gruesome. But mm -hmm. anybody who's driven a CVT car or ridden a multi-cylinder CVT motorcycle, just realize what a gruesome drone it is. You know, there's no real excitement to it. Ironically enough, the character of a one-cylinder engine kind of pulls it through. But... Uh, I, I think I have, a, I have a winning argument for this. Yes, go on. Um... We've got a lot of our friends, our misfits, have the XR650Rs. Yes. Uh, a lot of them have uh, DRZs. Yes. Y you know what a common thing is a lot of them do? Change their sprockets. Right? Right. So that they can get more torque or so that they can... Uh, do a higher top speed. Do a higher top or speed. Or get the revs down at a freeway speed. Which just tells you that... The, if the gears are not in the right range, you got to change out sprockets and, and, and chain, whereas the CVT... Well, well there's no adjustment. It, well, no, but it has all the ranges that you need. They're there, right? Yes and no. Or can you adjust them? I guess you could if mm -hmm. you can get a variator that has a different uh, well, weight springs. Or I'm not sure. How does oh, that work? Well Oh, well, let me tell you, uh, okay. in, in scooters, there are a number of things that you can adjust in the CVT transmission. There are, there's the, uh, the, the, the weight of the rollers that are inside the variator. Uh, you can put heavier or lighter rollers, depending on how you want the, the, uh, basically the, the effective gearing to change. Yeah. Cause if you think about it in terms of gearing, it's like, you're basically changing the effective gearing by changing how much pressure the variator pulley halves are putting on the belt, which will change how the uh, how the, the power is delivered to the rear wheel based on the engine speed. All right. Um, you can also change out the springs in the clutch that control how quickly the clutch plates engage. Um, there are also uh, well, there are also variator rollers that have different shapes. They're not round. They're like sort of wedge shaped, mm -hmm. and they have different. Oh, those are uh, terrible, though, aren't they? Everyone complains about well, them. Well, of of all of the aftermarket parts that I've tried, those had 
I had the best success with those, but I also had catastrophic failure with those too. So I gave up on them. Um, but there are people who, who do get really into variator tuning, um, especially with like custom builds, uh, that, that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't really gotten, gotten into that. I, I dabbled with a little bit, but really in the end, I just went back to stock because I liked the reliability. So Emma, CVTs on smaller displacement vehicles, not larger. Does he have a point? Well, you know, I think it might be, to a certain extent, the way the industry's going. Um, mm. There's an efficiency yeah. to a CVT and there's an economy to it. And 20 years from now, I think if we are still dealing with infernal combustion engines, I think the smaller capacity ones may have gone almost exclusively to CVTs for a street use, motorcycle yeah. and scooter. Look at the Navi. Right, look at the Navi. Yeah. And yeah. there's a, the reason for that, I think the market will adjust itself mm-hmm. to, to the competition. And when electric bikes are mainstream, certainly the smaller bikes in order to compete with the electric bikes, which, of course, won't have clutch or gears because they're electric, will have to be twist and go. And so, you know, you can, yes, you can buy the Zero City bike or you can buy the Honda Navi, which is its equivalent with an internal combustion engine and experience an internal combustion engine, but it'll have no clutch and gears. So they'll, they'll basically ride the same and it'll be the market adjusting itself. Um, yeah. I still think there's always going to be a market for big, high-performance, gasoline-powered manual bikes. There has to be, because it's sure. the enthusiast's choice. Well, I think, right. I think I can lock this in for you, Bagel. Hey, Emma, let's compare two bikes. Let's compare my, my Honda uh, CH250 out there yes. with the Honda CB900C. <laughs> right. 10-speed, dual yeah. transmission. Now, the CB900C <laughs> is a little overkill. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. And I think, you know, we talked about this, what seemingly is a great invention that only appeared on one bike. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. madness. Yeah. Um, so, do you give it to him? Oh, God, no. CVT? Scoot, no. Well, CVT. CVT. I'm I'll, CVT. I'll give him CVT, but the overall argument is... Scooters are absolute death traps ridden by lunatics, and <laughs> motorbikes are the best things in the world. Right, Sorry, she's, she's, Bagel. She's right, I think I'm going to give you that one. All right, Bagel, are but we up to... also death traps ridden by lunatics. Yeah, exactly. Are we up to 10 yet? Uh, we're at 10 now. Okay. Uh, what 10. Is... Bring it home. Now, now again, this is this may be controversial. Oh, uh, yes, we like to, that. Also does not apply to all scooters. Okay. And I will give you that this obviously can apply to motorcycles as well. But this is something that I think scooters traditionally have done extremely well is styling. Um, with, <laughs> okay. Well, with all right. Go scooters, ahead. Okay. Because with vintage scooters <laughs> of the Let's 50s, mm-hmm. um, well, first of all, there, were, there, were, there was no mm-hmm. shortage of, mm-hmm. of manufacturers give, back in those days give, in, the, in the heyday of scootering. Give us a model. And, a model that represents styling. Give us a model okay. so we can look it up. So look up. A um, well, look up a 1953 Vespa. 1953 Vespa. 
Yeah, or 1952, 1953. Uh, this is, 125 this is a, a or 150? That, doesn't matter? 125. 125. Or 150. They're, they're basically the same. But, All right. Okay. Uh, but this is the bike that starred in Roman Holiday, starring Audrey Hepburn and, and it comes Gregory Peck, I think. In the colors of Velaments or whatever those candies are, right? Well, there were, there were a few colors okay. that were offered uh, in the first days. Yeah, all right. It, but I'm just talking about the styling. My mom has that, um, an, a, a vintage hairdryer that looks like this. It does look like a hairdryer. Yes. It, that comparison has been made in the past. <laughs> but it has, the, it, has, it has incredible curves, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the styling is absolutely impeccable, I think, do for, you in, from an feel, industrial design perspective. Do you feel the, the, the styling is quite feminine, though? Ooh. I, I don't fire. think of styling in those terms. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of, I know a lot of people do think of scooters as being more feminine, but I think I, I think a better word is to say that it's, it you know, it's maybe elegant. I mean, cause they're, they're very, he's trying. Kind of a, he it's, really a, it's sort of a sculpted look he is and trying. they have, you know, they have, you know, large body <clears throat> panels that are curved and painted <gasps> Whereas you know most motorcycles, the the only bodywork you have is the tank and fenders. Right. Where you know on a scooter, you've got much more, you know, metalwork there that that just has, I don't know, it has it has a, it's a it's a different style to motorcycles. But I think it's oh, it's a really nice look and vintage Lambrettas as well. Um, I mean, look at a nineteen sixty four Lambretta TB two hundred. You know, that's a that's a that's a beautiful bike, which was, by the way, designed by Bertone, uh, an Italian design studio that's designed countless vehicles over the years that have been you know, award winning design. So as I was looking at the pictures, I realized, oh, I have some model uh, 125s in here. I'm like, Indeed. OK, um, yes, but but Emma, let's hit him back with something. Well, I mean, Bergman. Well, like let, I said, not all scooters have the best style. Um, there, there, there is no shortage yeah, of but like, horrible I'm, Chinese scooters out there. However, just the most from, ugly designs you've ever yeah, seen. But from Trust an me. industrial standpoint, yeah. 19, 1952, 1953, let's mm-hmm. talk about um, 1952- Vincent Black Shadow. Let's oh, talk about 1952 Indian Chief. Hold on, I got I got something else. 1952 Aerial Square I got, Four. I got one word for you. Bikes. Ducati. They are <laughs> Ducati. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so many Ducatis are beautifully designed, and I'm looking Emma, at the model. Is that the Paul Smart replica yeah. up there? Uh, what's that? Me 900. Am I making that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I think was. As beautiful. Now, I'm not saying that these bikes are ugly. And I, I really like Lambrettas, um, mm-hmm. even your um, some, even your Heinkels, you know, are very yeah. interesting. In, in, in their own German way, they, they have a very, very interesting. It's and, very and Bauhaus, design. darling. But styling, <laughs> can we, can, can we, I don't yeah. think we and can give scooters styling I, over no, some I mean, of these well, iconic I, well, bikes. Well, let me, let me. Let me enter, add some mm. some some mm. some fuel to the fire here. You could have gone another direction. I think styling you're going to lose. Well, because there yeah. are there there are countless 
if you if you go into stores, like you will find scooter scooter products or scooter things on products. Like Starbucks has used scooters in their marketing. You will always find some sort of scooter things at like. Well, I I feel that's just an Italian connection. Motorcycles are used heavily as well. Well, they are they are, but not in the same way as as scooters because there is that that connection to. Italian fashion, where this, you know, where the the kind of the 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 roots of modern scooter design, you know, took hold. Um, so, ah, and, and so they, these these carry even in today in in the modern Vespas and the now the Royal Alloy scooters that that carry on the the Lambretta tra- tradition these days. Emma, I, I'm going to stop this here. I don't okay. think we can. I don't think we can give him stallion. I just well. Don't I think, think you've got to compare like with but, like. But I I want to complete this list of ten. I I, Bagel, I don't think we can give you okay. stallion. But I think there's something you're overlooking. Okay. I think there's What's that? An, another thing that can be number ten on this an and, element. And Emma already mentioned it tonight when mm. she was talking about running to go get oil. Convenience. Convenience and functionality. Of yeah, a scooter. Definitely. Convenience and functionality, not just that, but also ease, meaning you have it's easier to go yeah. from not not being able to ride to being able to ride a scooter. So yep. it's just easy. It's easy. And, well, and I, like you said even earlier, uh you with your Honda, you just <clears throat> press the button and it starts. Right. And you go. But what I what I actually like about modern Vespas mm-hmm. in particular is they've kind of finalized oh. this design where mm-hmm. the engine is nice and flat. Mm-hmm. So there, underneath the seat, there's a bucket, and it's a yep. removable bucket mm-hmm. that you can take mm-hmm. out and make sure it's very clean. Yep. So it's it's watertight, it's oil tight, so it's always a very, very clean bucket, and you can take it out and hose it out and scrub it out. Mm-hmm. And you can put your helmet in it. Mm-hmm. So you go out to your scooter, you take your helmet out, you put it on, you go to the shops, take your helmet off, put it under the seat, come out with your shopping or your new clothes, open the seat out, take your helmet out, put your crap in there and ride home. Uh, and it, it is very convenient, very clean. Functionality. You want to get yes. shit done and you want to get it done now. Right. No, and I, that I think is more important than styling because my take on styling and bear in mind, Bagel, when I go down this tangent, mm-hmm. I own plenty of both. So yeah. if we compare the scooter to an elegant red patent stiletto and then a Vincent Black Shadow or an Aerial Square 4 to a 1460 Doc Martin, they're both classics of design. They're both... Yeah. You both you put them on your feet. They're both basically shoes. And they're both very stylish in their own way. And yet they're completely different. Yeah. So I think from a styling standpoint, and again, we're going back to the femininity <clears throat> of Espos, which may or may not be, but I think really my take on that is far more that Italian styling is a very, very important piece. Styling comes first in Italy. Yeah. Britain and, say, Germany, it's functionality and you get styling via functionality. Nobody is going to tell me that a Vincent Black Shadow is an ugly bike. 
But it wasn't yeah. styled first. It became a beautiful bike via functionality. But it's a complicated right. machine. It's a complex machine. Uh, which brings me back. Sure. Functionality and ease. Right. I think is where scooters have motorcycles and spades. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely Though, right. Bagel, bless your little heart for trying. Because <laughs> well, I know he tried very hard, you didn't know, he? You, to you, scooters are the most beautiful things. And so you tried to slide <laughs> and, that in there, but well, yeah, and and it's true. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So and I, you I, can I, get that out with optics. <laughs> Good on you for trying. <laughs> well, Bagel, thank you. Thank that you. is ten reasons scooters are better than motorcycles, and I think he nailed it. What do you think, cool. Emma? No, I think he did an admirable job. I mean, it, it basically it was a bit like trying to bail out the Titanic, certainly in this company <laughs> bagel. No, I think you did an admirable job. And actually, I mean, this has been an ongoing thing about my relationship with scooters, but I do actually quite like them. Um, I, You know, they're, they're a thing. They're, but I stand by what I said. They're, they're, I, I think you can't compare them to motorcycles. They are such a different thing. They're as different as the Stiletto and the Doc Martin. It's yeah. basically, it performs the same function, but mm -hmm. they are other ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they occupy very different spaces yes. you know, for, for the same basic purpose. Yes, absolutely. Well, good. Um, all right. Uh, guess what? I get to apologize again. I messed up again. Oh, what you? Oh, oh, I know what you're going to say. I messed up again. So here's a deal. It's a classic misfit bonehead <laughs> move, isn't it? Um, you know when I created the new website a few months ago. Yes. Um, I forgot that I created a new email address that's linked to it. Oh. Yeah. Oh God, you log motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com, which is shorter than recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com. However, um, and I forgot to set it up in my account. So, oh, I, I, yeah. So we've been receiving email emails through the website and that I have not been answering. Because oh I wasn't, they weren't coming through because I hadn't set them up on my Gmail account. So first thing, apologies to anyone who sent them. But you know what? We're going to be catching up. They may be, it may be too late if they needed advice, but it's still, they're good questions, they're good things. So um, we're going to take some time to read some emails. Some came through the Recycle Motorcycle, yes. some came through the other. We're going to start catching up. Bagel, um, you've got some emails I sent you too? Yes. All right. I'm going to start with the first one, and this one uh, came in very recently on that <laughs> on that account. In fact, um, because this is pertinent, I am leaving in a couple hours, getting on a plane and going to Americade. I can't wait. It's going to be really cool and exciting. Um, and this one is from Scott. He says, "Hey, Scott." He says, "Hey, it's so cool that you're going to Americade. I grew up in the Adirondacks and swarms of motorcyclists. There's a lot of chairs in the Adirondacks. Yes. A lot of chairs yes. there. Well, <laughs> they have to have chairs because all the swarms of motorcyclists ride will be by, sitting. Would ride by his house all week when he was a kid. He says, "I can vividly remember that sound of a large group riding by. I live in Vermont now, a couple hours from Lake George. It's a great ride there. I finally went a few years ago, and it was not what I expected to see in a good way. 
It's definitely more focused on riding than LARPing. It sounds like this year is going to be great. I highly recommend taking a ride through the Adirondacks and Vermont while you're here. If you find yourself up this way, let oh, me yeah. know. Um, listening to your interview with Christian Dutcher, who who runs uh, Maricade, he says, I was surprised to hear he lives in the same town as me. How cool. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, I can't go this year, but I would have loved to just say hello and see your sessions. I live with someone uh, immunosuppressed and I just can't risk bringing COVID home. I no, understand. Yeah. In fact, I I was I was like one of the only people fully masked the whole wedding yesterday. I'm like I I want to get through all this and 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 not get mm-hmm. sick. So I yeah. says um yeah keep, I got to keep them safe. So staying home for now. Have fun. Be safe from Scott. Oh, that would Thank you, Scott. Email. I would have loved to have met you, but who knows? This might be a regular thing. Do the do the you, you know do the chairs run around in the wild out there in the Adirondacks? I wonder. Do they run around in the wild? And do you capture them and then send them to Cost Plus or Costco for sale? No, it's my understanding. There's farms. So you know how there um, there are different length slats of wood? Yes. Yeah, it's my understanding that it grows on the trees and you just have to pick them. But the hard part is getting all the different lengths. So you assemble them. Enough to create the chair. Yes. You got to find all the parts in the woods. Yes. And then you assemble it. Yeah. Very, Does that include uh, broken skis? Absolutely. Very yeah, much yeah. like the Ottoman Empire. Always lots of furniture in the Ottoman Empire. They were very big on furniture. All right, back let's then. Uh, go to Bagel. You got one for us? Yes. Um, I have an email from Harris in Nolens. Hey. Harris. And uh, is he in Nolens? Yes. You know, they call Nolens the Big Easy. Yeah. The Big Easy. You know why? Because they ride scooters. There you go. Yeah. As opposed to the big difficult, which would be riding a Harley. <laughs> I live and, in the big uh, difficult. Anyway, sorry. Off yeah, you go. Apologies, apologies in advance. I don't think I have a very good New Orleans accent. No, I, I think try. it's splendid, Bagel. Yeah, New Orleans, let's get ha- down in here. Yeah, Harris writes, long-time listener, first-time caller. I recently met a few scooter cannonball riders at a rally, and I am seriously considering the 2023 event. As someone who works on Vespers for a living, the choice of bike would be easy. A fuel-injected Honda, of course. My question is for Bagel. What are a few top tips you'd give to a first-time cannonballer? I'm no stranger to riding a small bike far, but never that many days in a row. Thanks, guys. You know, I want to say that that's not a bad accent if you are representing a plantation owner. I tell you what, though, Bagel, (laughs) that's a good point. Would (laughs) having ridden a cannonball... Do you think a Venza 300 would be a good choice? Um, I've never ridden a Venza, so I couldn't oh, tell you. I tell you what, I can tell you they do over 80. Well, it's not it's not necessarily the speed that helps you. It is it is being able to sit in the saddle for the time you need. Well, to it's do got it. a big, comfy saddle, but I think yeah, fuel well, injected Venza so that'd be a great. Can I make job. a recommendation? Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think uh, getting a Yamaha Hopper with a Gixxer engine. <sighs> like Best of both that. worlds. You got that, that big seat of the Yamaha Hopper. You, have, you, have you ever seen a Yamaha Chappie? <laughs> because I think it has to have a single cylinder engine. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you ever seen a Yamaha so, Chappie? Yes. Yeah, a Chappie. <laughs> well, you want a Chappie. Does, does it have yeah. the basket on the front? <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's got a circular exhaust, a Chappie. <laughs> you know, the, chap, the exhaust well, was like a drum. 
Mm. Well, well, I, I, I don't want to make scooter recommendations for him. That's, that's up to him to decide. At, but, but I want to make recommendations for yeah. what, what he's going to need to, oh. to do to prepare for this thing. Tires. Yes, yes. I mean, tires, parts. All no, that but stuff. I love I mean, how you uh, call ahead and have tires ready. You know yeah. where you're going to need them. I mean, you can, that, that's not a bad idea. Planning, planning. What I'm talking about is him. Oh, okay. Him. He needs to be ready for this. Okay. Because, and that's really kind of what he's, he's getting at because he's ridden, but hasn't ridden like that before. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it is really, really hard to do 10 to 12 days in a row uh, of doing, you know, four or 500 mile days. Yes. Um, so what I would, what, what I would recommend is, to to see if it's something that you really want to do, plan a trip um, where you're going to be self-sufficient, where you're going to ride somewhere at least 250 miles away. Um, plan it on back roads, not on highways. Um, figure out what the the time is that it would take to get what the map says is the time it would take you to get there. And then try to get there in that time. Mm. Don't get stopped for speeding. Don't break down. Don't crash. But we're actually don't even don't even try. Okay, in fact, the first time I would say don't even try mm-hmm. to beat the clock. Just ride there and see how well you do, and see how long it takes you compared to the mm-hmm. map time, because that's going to that's going to mm-hmm. show you how difficult this really is, I- and and <laughs> see if you are so, if that's something that you really want to take on. Uh, but if you can if you can ride there and back in you know one day there one day back. Uh, you've got it and and you can do it successfully and you're not completely like shot after that. I'd say you've got a chance of doing the cannonball. All right. I'm going to modify your test. I think I have the perfect test rather than go there and back. Cause once you're there, you only have one option. Mm -hmm. You still have to come Mm -hmm. back. I think instead you should Mm -hmm. do a hundred mile out trip and then come back Mm -hmm. home. And then if you are, can leave your comfortable home and get back on that bike and go back out and do another hundred mile and back in the same day, Mm. that's a test because you have an option. You can just go back to your easy chair and watch TV and eat a pork chop, or you can get back on Mm -hmm. that scooter and do another 200 miles. There's your test. Yeah. That's another way to do it. That's also a lot more miles in one day, (laughs) but, (laughs) but yeah. Um, I mean, my suggestion is 250 miles first day, 250 miles the second day, All right. uh, sure. because that's that's just a taste of what the cannonball is like, right? Um, you know, and if and if you can handle that, then I think you know you might be able to to work your way up to the actual cannonball, right? Um, but that's that's been the advice that I give people who have never done anything like that, who are interested in it, but they don't know if if they really are able to do it. Um, other things that I would recommend. Um, if 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 you decide it's something that you really want to do, um, is make sure that you have all of the kind of gear that you're going to need. Because when you ride across the country, you're going to go through all kinds of different climates. You're going to go through heat. You're going to go through cold. You're going to go through wet, and you need to be prepared for all of it. I've I've gotten snow on the cannonball multiple times, so you know you need to be prepared for for all of that. Make sure you've got gear. Uh, make sure that you've got. Uh, a, a system that you can use to drink water. Uh, you need to strategize how you're going to ride. You need to make sure that you plan out mm. fuel stops, bathroom breaks, wh- when you're going to eat, how you're going to eat. Um, you know, 
all of the things that you need to do during your day, you need to figure that out because you're on a very tight schedule so, where you're trying to get the, the, the fastest time possible. Bagel, let me trim that down. Plan yeah. ahead. Plan ahead. Sure. That's you plan everything out. And I think that's yeah. the most important tip here. Plan ahead. Don't um, just wing it. And I think the if you're doing a cannonball, the ideal diet is you should eat exclusively M&M's. Lamb vindaloo, wheat beer, and prune juice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I think we got we got some good tips. Yes. All right. Emma, what right. you got there? I have an email here from Reese. Hey, Reese, Reese S. from Colorado. With love, he adds. Hey, Misfits. Been listening for a few years now after learning to ride and buying a Versus X300 in late 2019. If ever there was an example of everything that was wrong with the America, uh, with the motorcycle industry and people who buy them, it's the Versus 300. It was a wonderful little bike, and it did everything right. Nobody bought the bloody things. Could never figure, hmm. never figure out why. Great little bike, though. Anyway, um, I was thinking about motorcycles in the shower the other day, as one does. Wait, you can get a motorcycle in a shower? Yeah. Have you ever tried eating pizza in a shower? On a motorcycle? Yes. No, I haven't. Well, you should try. Um, When the proverbial light bulb went off or came on for me, I always found it odd that it was Harley Davidson who brought the adaptive ride height thing to market. But then I started considering the rest of their lineup and it hit me. Instead of the dropping the Pan Am down to make it comfortable at low speeds, could the same system work to raise the cruisers up and make them handle better, have more suspension travel and work better with mid-controls? It makes way more sense to me that HD would pioneer and invest in this tech if they see it throughout their core lineup too. What say you, Misfits? I know a few of you rode the Pan Am back in the day when it came out. I don't recall if any of those had the adaptive ride height or not. Do you think it would work on cruisers? From Colorado with love, Tyler Stanley. Hey, Tyler. So, um, I mean, theoretically, it would. But hold on. I have to ask the question. Adaptive ride height on a low bike, is that well necessary? I'm not entirely sure whether having a a higher ride height on a cruiser would cure the handling problems. Mm. I mean, cruisers by their nature, and we found this in the Pride Parade because, of course, there were yeah. some agile bikes, and then, of course, there was me on the Superglide, which is a big, long thing, and Ellie was on her Sabre, which is a big, long thing. Mm. And just getting the things turned around in a city street, um, you know, especially if you're wearing a tutu and cocktail heels, is not the easiest thing in the they're world. They're made to go in a straight line. They're so line they're bikes. made to go in a straight line. So they could be high, they could be low. I mean, I don't think it's going to change it. The Now, on an adventure bike, this is something quite different because it's designed to ride in less than ideal conditions and have a very supple long travel suspension to soak up the bumps when you're riding in Baja or darkest Colorado or whatever. So it does make sense. So 
theoretically you could reverse it and yes it would work but i'm not entirely sure whether it would i think i can fix this go on can i fix this yeah sure you're halfway there not adaptive height adaptive rake Ooh, right isn't the new Damon have height and rake yes and foot pegs and all all the things Right. So adaptive rake, I think that is the bigger issue with the cruisers is the rake. But a cruiser with a short rake is going to be a very peculiar looking mm, thing. Yeah. But if it happens when you're riding it, the only people who have got to look at it are people who are riding past saying, you. And I mean, as long as it looks good when you turn it off and walk away from it and turn back. It's, it, it's a straight line bike because of the wheelbase. Shorten the wheelbase. Well, and a variety of other things. Sure, but I'm just saying, shortening the wheelbase when you're going through tight, twisty roads might be the thing. God, it'd be odd looking. So now, if we change the question, what do you think adaptive rake? Should they have it? Not on a cruiser. Okay, there you go. Well, because (laughs) if nothing else, think about in terms of cost. Think about the lineup of cost. Right at the top of the heap, the flagship bikes, the adventure bikes, these are the most expensive ones, followed by the sport bikes, followed by the, um, you know, the the super motard bikes. And right at the bottom of the heap, in terms of cost, are the standards and the cruisers. Mm -hmm. They're budget bikes and kind of always have been, unless they're just kitted out as complete cruisers. But in a standard format, they're, they're the budget, and I'm not sure whether the market would take. Oh right, a high end. Well, and 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 on the budget, or, you're you have suspension, you have weight, you have the corners that have been cut, and just changing the height or the rake doesn't necessarily change that. Right, exactly. Okay. And I mean, you know, so you um, can't fix. I tell you what, it's a, good, it's a good point, though, isn't it? I mean, you just are you just if you're going to put more money into it. Instead of fixing the symptom fix, just to improve the parts. I right. don't know. Just throwing it out there. Do you know, right. what, I, do you know what I take in the shower? Uh, what kind of pizza you eat in the shower? No, I'm, I, I, I enjoy a nice gin and tonic in the shower. <sighs> yes. I thought you'd take a shower gin and tonic by the smell of you. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a thing too. Yeah, there you wonder go. wonder if I could do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, my turn. All right. Hey, this is from our friend Paul. Remember who we, we saw him up in um, at the one show? Says, hey, I am new to watching racing and the Isle of Man is now streaming. It is. It's going on right now. Ooh, it's exciting. Right now. Uh, oh, by the way, death report. Yeah, it's getting up there, isn't There's, it? Oh, oh, yeah. Two dead and they're just beginning the races. Right. It's been averaging it's out as three, three a, 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 year. a year for the past few years. I think... Yeah. I'm going to make an Emma prediction, um, and I don't want to. I think this year the final total is going to be closer to five. I yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't have any opinion on this. Okay. Um, he says, "Hey, for less than thirty dollars, you can watch it live, and there are races going back to two thousand and nine included." Uh, shout it out! Uh, so yeah, I don't know where to go but i guess you go isle of man yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah that's pretty cool uh so he's a few suggestions questions uh about the isle of man yes i haven't been maybe emma you can answer yeah. this what's up with the leaderboard i know the person in first gets their time shown and each after has a plus time to be added on top of that time 
What the heck are the numbers that keep popping out on the right in white boxes? Do you have a clue? No, I haven't even looked at that. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We got a guy. We we got oh. we got a guy. Let's let's see if this guy will answer his phone. Oh, Phil? No. Even better than that. <laughs> Yuri. Yuri. Oh, perfect. Let's see if he answers. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh Yuri, he's raced at Isle Man multiple times. He has to know the answer to this. There's a good chance he won't take my call. <laughs> He's got more sense than that. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, talking to that Liza. No answer. <laughs> we tried. Uh, I don't know what that means. Hmm. Um, Did he bring it in to include a picture but or anything? Yuri, when you're listening to this, yeah, just, just answer the question. Know. Because I know in years past it was. And I'll forward it, it on to Paul. I know it was their placement um, in relation to where they were on the grid, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Um, he also says, why do they stop with the checkered flag at two laps when it was supposed to be four, like in the Super Sport race in 2019? Yeah, got me again. Yuri, I need you to answer these questions for Paul, please. Um. There you go. We were not helpful at all. No, we weren't. Well, that's classic misfits. Emma, you're going to be excited about this next email that Bagel has. Oh, yes, you are. I hope so. Oh, yes, you are. Is it about scooters? It is. All right, go ahead, Bagel. Mm -hmm. So I have an email from Barry Donovan in Rutland, Vermont. Barry says, (laughs) catching up and have been listening to the Chopper episode. Have not heard anything about scooter choppers, so I thought I would send this pick along. Perhaps Bagel can identify the starting bones. Love the show. And he includes a picture of a scooter that is apparently called Psychodelic. And this is a very, very heavily modified bike. Um, I can very very clearly identify a Lambretta front fork in there. I was going to say the front end is Lambretta, isn't it? Yes, but that is very clearly not a Lambretta. But hold on, before Uh, you get into the parts, (laughs) before you get into the parts, Emma, can you describe this scooter? You know, it's... (laughs) Chopper um, scooter. Chopper scooters are a very, very interesting thing. It's... Mm -hmm. uh, it's a scooter layout in that the engine and transmission is at the back. It's got a very, very raked-out front fork. It's got a vestigial fuel tank, which is kind of a crescent shape. It's got a giant hole in the middle like a peppermint. Um, <laughs> every color of the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. It is... Yeah. Um, it's very praying mantis-like. Yeah, it has, and it's a monocoque frame from the looks of it. Yes. So let me ask you this, Emma. Is it well done? Oh, it's beautifully made. There you go. That's what they need mm-hmm. here. It is a very uh, interesting looking machine. All right, Bagel. Yes, with all sorts of patterns in the different colored panels on the bodywork. It's, it's, I it's, mean, it's, countless I think hours went into building this thing. There, there like, is design and style and hard work in this, and right. you can tell. Like every British chopper scooter does. All right. So, <laughs> this what is do, amazing. What do you see in there, so, Bagel? Now, um, like I said, there's a Lambretta front fork, but this is definitely not a Lambretta because it's not a Lambretta frame or engine. Um, the monocoque design does suggest that it is a Vespa heritage, but the frame obviously is so heavily modified that it is completely unrecognizable at this point. So really the only thing I have to go on is the engine, 
Now, it has very clearly a two-stroke expansion chamber for the exhaust, um, but it has a a not a, a rear wheel that is not from a vintage bike. So this is not a vintage Vespa engine. I believe that is probably an ET2 engine that has been bored out to mm. 70 cc's or more. Uh, and I think that that frame may have been adapted from an ET2 frame. But that's that's my best guess. It could have been a different Piaggio product, possibly, but that's, that's what I'm going to go with. And I, I'm guessing, because people will say, well, why the Lambretta front end? But Lambretta have, have got a twin-sided front end, which yes. lends itself far better to extension than right. a single-sided Vespa one, which I, sh- I should imagine gets quite rickety when you extend it to this length. Um, I, I, I think that it can. Uh, there are ways that it can be done right, though. Uh, it does take some stiffening of the, the fork when you lengthen it. Um, I, I, I have a, I know a couple of people who have, uh, who have done that. Uh, and and actually turned out really really well, but but the Lambertas are much more popular for choppers for sure. I want to add to the description that any chopper fans might relate to. It looks like a if Rick Fairless built a chopper a chopper scooter, um, all the way to the looks like one inch T bars on it that you would find mm-hmm. on many choppers. But the paint yep. scheme is very Rick Fairless. However, Bagel, mm. this may help you in your yeah. identification. It carries a British license license from 1978. Oh. Really? Yeah, so that license plate is from 1978. 78. So if it's from 78, then the frame has got to be a P200 frame with an ET2, a modified ET2 engine in it. Well, there you go. Um, And that, it may be, the only thing I can think of, I can't imagine, um, it wouldn't, it's not a one-off frame. It's It's, it's not a completely built frame because it would carry a Q registration. Right. So, but but it it carries a legitimate registration from 1978. Yeah, but I can see where the vintage Vespa frame was that they made this out of, but there's not much of it left. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we I think we got to move on from this. It's beautiful. And and what's yeah. that called again? If people want to look it up, is it uh, psychedelic? What's it? Uh, the bike's name is Psychodelic. Psycho Dash Delic. P S Y C H O D E L I C psychedelic scooter. Yeah. The photo, the photo that's included was from a website called scooterlab.uk, yeah. which I've, I've been to before. Maybe it can be found on there somewhere. Cool. But you know, but you but, know, the yeah. whole scooter chopper genre is worth exploring. I mean, it's 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 one of those things you delve into, uh, like the Bosazuko vans, which I am mm-hmm. so fond of. Yeah. Um, the once you get into them, you're like, oh my god. No, the super wild. scooters too. Yeah. All right, Emma, your turn. Catching up on the yeah, emails. Yeah, we are catching up on the emails. Uh, this is from Adrian Waters. Hey, Adrian. Um, wonder if he's any relation to Philippe. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, thanks for your fantastic podcasts, which oh, I thanks. religiously listen to each week. This is just a quick email for Hold Emma. On. If somebody is religiously listening, does that mean they're sitting in a pew or kneeling? I, I believe so. Okay, just checking. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is a quick email for Emma to possibly add, if possible, to her already com- comprehensive knowledge. Oh. Um, I grew up in South Africa, but like her, was also born in 1962. Love and own a Triumph and a Harley, and have lived abroad, in my case, Australia, for three decades. Just wanted to mention that after the war, my dad and his mates bought all bought decommissioned WLA Harley 1012. Oh, those are the big boys. And very interesting story about the 1012s. They, the WLA was a side valve 750, but the 1012s were the big boy. I think they were 1200cc. Hmm. But they were designed specifically for sidecar use in the more rugged mm. areas where you needed the torque to pull them through. Anyway, I'll carry on. Oh, no, here we go. These were the 1200cc variants, mm. not the 750, as prolific elsewhere. I've attached the link that elaborates on this little bit of trivia, and he has done, which is... Um, SAM military oh SA military history dot org volume one oh one EM. Um at my age I can still recall riding as preschool kids in a sidecar with my brother on the beach with my late dad and mom on one of these legendary bikes. My dad used to counter-skit, steer, and lift the sidecar much to the delight of young kids. Oh, I can only imagine how much fun that would be. Um mm-hmm. I can also recall my mom telling a story about having to sit side saddle to accommodate her dress. And one day, when she tried wearing trousers, they started smouldering from the exhaust. <laughs> ha Keep up the great work with the podcast. And finally, my current bikes are mm-hmm. Harley Breakout 114, Triumph Street Triple 765S, mm-hmm. and a Honda CRF 300. That's a good great. mix. You just need a scooter and you have the perfect, right. perfect... A collection. If any of the misfits ever manage to visit Victoria, Australia, and I recommend you all do. I mm-hmm. mean, I've been to Victoria, and Australia is an amazing place. I can't go there because I'm afraid I won't want to come home. You can't go there because they've got these things called dunny spiders. <laughs> yeah, and a dunny, everything's trying to kill you. No, and a dunny spider is a big black striped back bastard that lives under the toilet seat and he's about the size of your fist. And when you sit down to go poopy, he bites you in the bum. I'll tell I'll I will tell you number one reason why I do want to go there for real. Is what's my favorite food? Uh kangaroo meat. No. Uh ice cream. Hamburger. Oh lobster. They got a mean lobster oh. game there, man. Oh they don't mess around with Lobsters and Australia. I think oh. was it the oh. was it the Australians or the Hawaiians who did the uh, the tomahawk um, steak thing? I don't know. All I know is they got some mean lobsters there. Yeah, well, I want to anyway. eat them up. Yum yum. No, Australia's an amazing <sighs> country. Well, thank you very the, much. The, well, no, I'm not done yet. Oh, um, oh. so um, ever ever managed to Victor? visit Victoria, Australia, you would be welcome to stay and enjoy Australian hospitality, of which there is a great deal, Mm -hmm. and obviously make use of my bikes. There's fantastic road and off-road riding on my doorstep. I actually live directly on the start of the Great Ocean Road. Adrian, what a lovely Mm. email. Thank you, Adrian. That, to me, sounds like uh, the Pacific Coast Highway that we're on. Should we offer an exchange deal? Yes. There are two problems with Australia. Besides uh, the spider that bites your ass? No, I think that's a, <laughs> okay. that's not necessarily a problem. Um, 
the big thing about Australia is it's so bloody far away from everywhere. Mm. I mean, you are going to be mm. on a plane, and by the time Qantas or KLM or whoever you fly with are done with you, you will get off that plane looking like a piece of beef jerky. Yeah, but it's hard to travel, time travel to the future. Right. Yeah. And the second thing, which is also a distance thing, you can get on a motorcycle or drive a car. And I visited Australia many, many years ago. And I was lucky enough that I borrowed uh, a friend's Holden Tirana, which is quite a quick car, and drove for miles. Eight, nine hours, didn't see another car. Mm. You just drive wow. everywhere. <laughs> driving, 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 driving. And you look at the map and you've gone nowhere. Well, <laughs> if, if, it's big. if I go there, yeah. I, yes. I'm, I have heard that there's a bus you can take. It's called Priscilla. Oh, Queen of the Desert. Yes, and that's that's the ride I want to take. <laughs> <laughs> nice night for it. <laughs> All right, um, I think we've got we got time for one more round of emails. Oh, very. Right. We haven't got another one. Uh, yeah. Have I? Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, you do. Yes, I do. Okay, I found uh, the hidden but one. But it's my turn. Yes, it is your turn. Hey, this one's from Dean. He says, Dino. Just listen to your conversation about brakes, and I had a quick note about Buell's unorthodox front brake setup. Yes. They called the inside-out disc yes. setup ZTL for zero torque load. Yes. The idea is that since the braking torque is applied directly to the rim, the spokes don't need to hold up to torque and can be made lighter. Yes. It's also a leverage thing, as mentioned on the podcast. Since yes. the caliper doesn't have to fit between the rim and the disc, the disc can have a very large diameter. And so a single disc can theoretically break just as well as a comparable twin disc traditional setup. All the things. This also reduces unsprung mass in the front. Good points. One downside is that the single caliper can't reject heat as quickly as two calipers doing the same job. A lot of the racing buells actually have air ducted uh, through the caliper to help alleviate this. I've also heard that in race applications, some people have had problems with heat transferring from the disc directly into the wheel and tire. That's interesting. Ooh, all wow, in all, yeah. it's cool for nerds like me, but ultimately I'm afraid Emma's right as usual in saying <laughs> that if nobody else in the industry ever picked it up on it it's probably for a reason give it the beans from <laughs> dean p.s i've had an idea for a segment you can do oh yes marketability no object what's a motorcycle that an existing manufacturer could make perhaps even with an existing engine or fitting into an existing product line that would fit the brand ethos and just be as cool as hell. For example, I can imagine Kawasaki putting the concourse engine into the Vulcan S and calling it the Vulcan R or something like that. Or Honda can make a new six-cylinder CBX. So, uh, oh God, and there's yeah. such, there's such. I, but you know what we've a, you've talked about engine into a CBX. Well, you've even talked about putting like the. Well, I guess they're doing the Rebel 500 engine yes. into a medium-sized uh, adventure bike. Kind my, of like, you know, my ideal or the versus, off-road bike. Oh. My ideal off-road bike would be to take the CRF Rally Raid, mm -hmm. which is two thirty, two fifty, two fifty, two fifty, underpowered. Pull the engine out and put a Rebel 500 engine yeah. in it. Yeah. And that, to me, would be the perfect bike because it's a good-size engine. It's got plenty of mid-range power. It's not massive. 
but it'll be agile and narrow. You've talked about that, and I would like to put the Versus 650 engine into a KLR. But, you know, the European manufacturers have so much history to draw on. Can you imagine a triumph, what they could do, you know, by amalgamating engines in it? You know, just something really traditional like a Bonneville. Mm Mm-hmm. But with this, like a giant 1050 fuel injected, you know, well, actually a 1200 Explorer engine. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Well, Bagel, how about in your world? Does anything like that exist? Is there any? Well, I mean, I want to, I still want to put a zero powertrain into a. There it is. Zero power. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Into a. Into an HE triple one. Perfect. There you go. I think we answered them. All right. Bagel, your turn. All right. I have an email from John Webb. Hey, John. <laughs> John was here, remember? Was, was he? he? I, yeah, I think. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's the John who came to visit. Oh, cool. All right. Well, John, or, John I met him, or I met him somewhere. I think he's been here. Okay. I know I've met John. Okay. Okay. Well, John writes, I think the podcast could use some kind of remote interview segment to learn about the gearheads that are out there in the world. I don't know how or if there's a way to do this, but there are bound to be more individuals out there like the guy I found last week. This guy needs to be interviewed and asked where he got whatever he has that makes him do what he does. This guy is very talented, in my opinion, and very eccentric. I would love to introduce you to and just hear the conversation. I have a video of a few of his projects that I thought I would attach, but it's too large and I'm too ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't have any. I wonder more if this guy this is guy. Alan Milliard. <laughs> it could be. Let, let's just insert here. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I've wanted to interview him, and but that's somebody who, like, when you interview someone like Alan Milliard, you have to go deep dive into the knowledge. He's doing such crazy things, and to a certain extent, we'd fall into the same trap. As when we go with the electric by people, it gets so specialized yeah. and we're kind of nerding out. And oftentimes, truly brilliant people aren't necessarily the best interview, you know? Um, depends, yeah. Yeah, it depends on the person, but I would. But, yeah. but yeah, it is but, true. I mean, but hey, if, if, this guy's, if this guy's eccentric, maybe it would be a good interview. But you know what? It's I'm not, sure he would. It's not a bad idea. We'll yeah. go visit some shops and interview people in their shops and kind of deep dive into like their tools and their techniques. Right. Because right. it sounds like that's what John's kind of meant, yeah. meaning to, well, you know, to go after is because there, there are all kinds of people in, who tinker in their garage and do some amazing stuff, but we never hear about, you know, because they're just tinkering in their and garage. And I tell you what. The majority of true eccentrics are never happier than when they're in their own environment. Mm. So if yeah. we were to pluck them out and extract them and bring them here to the workshop, no, they wouldn't be anywhere near as comfortable as if we were in their environment. Right. But that's why John is saying to do remote interview mm-hmm. segments, like maybe over Zoom. But you know what? We, I, if somebody wants to set up a camera in their shop where we can talk to them in their own shop. Maybe. You know what I've been wanting to do? I watch these YouTube videos. Um yeah. <laughs> that are car mechanics. Oh, yeah. It's called um, Customer Says. Yeah. Have you seen mm-hmm. these? Customer Says, they hear a noise. 
Uh, you know, and then they they jack the car up, and the the <laughs> <laughs> the leaves like the springs are like rusted and not attached to anything. You know, like yep. or they you could tell they drove through concrete and everything is encased in concrete and like <laughs> trouble steering concrete. You know, customer <laughs> says um, there's uh, or, or like customer says it sounds like a fart. <laughs> there's all these <laughs> crazy videos, but I'd like to get the motorcycle mechanics stories on that, you know, Man, that would Ooh. be fun. Yeah. yeah, it would be fun. All right. Um, mm. All right. We've got time for one more. You got it, Emma? Yes. Uh, this is from George. Hey, George. He goes, Hey gang, I just found the podcast and I love it. Well, that's a good start. Everyone there is really knowledgeable yet funny. That really keeps the show interesting. I recently got my first motorcycle and yes, it's a project. It is a 1967 BSA Lightning that I picked up in the beginning of March from the second owner who got it on March 15th, 1969. The owner was in the process of rebuilding and had a stroke, so his riding days were finished. Oh, that is a shame. Um, I've been wanting a project to do with my father as we are both getting a little older and wanted to spend more time with him. Well, that's lovely. If you guys and gals can give me any pointers, I'd appreciate it. I've included a photo of what I've started with. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love the show and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Thanks. your newest listener, oh. George Widmer the fourth. Newest. So until, I, when was the email dated? Until we didn't respond. <laughs> oh, March twenty-three. Oh, Liza. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so God. sorry, George. I apologize. <laughs> I, George. I'm not only going to apologize to you. I'm going to apologize to George Widmer, the, Widmer the third, George Widmer the second, and. George Widmer. I think you're going to say, and the fourth. He's the probably original, listening by now. Yes. No, we're probably on to George Widmer the fifth by now. All right. You Liza, be- <laughs> you are a bonehead of the highest I, order. I got it now. I got it Look, sorted. Let me give you the straight dope on British motorcycles and why they're so great. Um, essentially, they are very, very simple bikes. Very, very simple bikes. Your 67 Lightning is a 650cc pushrod twin. Um, the engine, primary, and transmission are all cast in one piece, but to strip them down is very, very straightforward. As long as you have access to a workshop manual, and a Haynes is good, a Climber is good, um, you, there are genuine BSA manuals online, but the real advantage with a British bike, every single nut, bolt, screw, Rod, piston, shell, gear, chassis part is available. Mm. Every single piece. In a lot of cases. So this brand, is Whitworth, huh? <laughs> yeah. Brand new. 67, there will be Whitworth parts on that bike. Mm. Um, okay. And it'll have the older so, AMAL monoblock carbs. So get your new tool set. <laughs> so my advice to you, George Whitmer the fourth. And your father, the third. Um, workshop manual. Good quality. That's an understandable workshop manual. If you find a genuine BSA one, there are plenty out there. The language in it is particularly charming. You will really enjoy it. Um, and again, it's very straightforward. Find a good part source. Now, let me see. Where is he? Where is George? It doesn't say. No, it doesn't say where he is. 
Um, you know, I mean, there's various part sources for these bikes. Um, Steadfast Cycles does a pretty good job there up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, who's doing it on the East Coast? Klempf's. British oh. Cycle Clemps yeah, been doing it for years, and of course, a lot of my parts come directly from England. Um, Dragonfly motorcycles are good for BSAs. Who else? Uh, MCA. Mgo. Mgo do a so mm. Mgo have their place. Mgo are basically made in China knockoff mm, parts, mm-hmm. but they're not bad. Yeah. Um, I recently had to put a hel- uh, headlight on um vintage triumph and i could not find a genuine lucas headlight so i had to break down and buy an emgo one and i said to the owner i said look i've got um it's the our only choice your headlight's missing you need a new one i'm going to buy an emgo one it's going to be it actually was made in uh taiwan and he said look okay and I came to him, and I was actually quite tickled with what yeah. how nice quality it was. I think, actually, it was nicer quality than the Lucas one I put on the Triumph ahead of it. There you so, go. you know, there's a place for everything, but you can get everything for this bike. So take your time. Remember, when you're, you're on a journey with your father, you're making memories for, hopefully, that will last you for the rest of both of your lives. So... Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process of restoring it. Don't be in a race to get to the end. You know, the end might not be a finished bike. And use a torque wrench. On a British bike? No. I'm just saying, don't, don't, if, take your time and do things to spec. You'll be fine, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just enjoy, enjoy the process. It can be intimidating working on a vintage bike. It can be. Um, but just, you know, British bikes are put together in a certain way. And I encourage anybody who comes across a British bike, just be very, very respectful of the bike and understand what you're working mm. on. 1967 BSA was made by very, very proud men and union men and women at a factory that was really the pride of England and the love and care that went into the assembly of that bike was far more than you might expect. Most motorcycles, even though they're mass-produced, they are essentially hand-built and a lot of very skilled people who have long died laid their hands on that bike. I got an extra tip too. Yes. I don't know if you know this one, Emma. Um, there are very few bikes you can do this on, but this is one of them. Uh, you take a, a hot dog, a hot dog, preferably all beef, like yes. Frankfurter, right? Yes. Good quality, like a ballpark. Mm, no, no, I'm thinking like uh, like uh, Coney Island. Oh, you so know, like not a, like an Oscar Mayer sort. Uh, of. Yeah, no, good, good one. Yeah, good quality. Usually get it at, like the butcher counter. Yeah, stick it in the exhaust. Okay, just. just Poke it into the exhaust and get on the bike, start it up. When you take off and you give it the beans, you're going to have yourself some nice franken beans. Franken beans. Wow. Yes. Look at you. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Because, of course, British bikes, you got to give it the beans. You always have to give it the beans. That's right. But I'll tell you what. So um, he's included a picture of this thing. Yeah. And Mm. it is a very, very handsome-looking bike. I like you know, but is it as good uh, as looking as a Vespa, a 1953 Vespa? <laughs> Red oh, pattern stilettos <laughs> and Doc Martins, darling. <laughs> this, I mean, this BSA is, is every, actually, you know, so let's do the, the shoe motorcycle comparison. You know, I think this 1967 BSA Lightning is, is a wingtip brogue. That's what I think. It's it's a very very stylish design from an older area era. It's a lovely looking thing. I've always been very fond of late sixties BSAs. They nailed it. There isn't a bike on the road that looks like them. There isn't a bike on the road that sounds like them. They are absolutely of the era. But God, they're good looking bikes. There you go. Tra la la. So you know what. What? <laughs> we just—it's not possible. I said we were going to do a short show. No, we did a really long show. <laughs> a long show, and I have yeah. to get this edited and posted into the airport. Do you know? And eat dinner and load the car, and I'm so I'm getting a little. And panic. I'm very happy because the sun's come out, and I'm going to have a lovely sunny ride home. Yes. Um, hey, can I say one more thing, real quick? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, many thanks to the Top Dead Center Scooter Club for putting mm-hmm. on the Oregon 100 Scooter Rally this weekend. Cool. Where I won the uh, prestigious award for the 160 to 190 cc class. That's really in, nice. You got like a whole framed thing that, yeah. to hang up in your garage. Yep, this was the uh, the, re- the regularity rally that they did yesterday. Dude, that's uh, nice. Yeah, we did. Well, regularity is a byproduct of lamb vindaloo and prune juice. Yes, <laughs> we had lots of it and oatmeal. Um, <clears throat> it was it was a good time. A little hey, wet, but fun. Uh, well, that's awesome. And big uh, yeah. thanks in advance to Emma, who's going to be opening the garage for me next week. I am indeed. Though I am also going to be getting in. I'm going to be yeah. I'm going to be exhausted when I get here next week. Um, but you are going to do the show, aren't you? Oh, I'm getting back home in the morning. I'm flying cross country with a connecting flight and still landing in the morning. Wow. I'm leaving very early. Oh, I'm leaving at like 3 a.m. our time. Oof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. First plane out. What time yeah. What time can we expect you at the garage? I don't know. By lunchtime, I think. Yeah, I would have then. thought. But my, my recommendation is go straight to bed and have a nap. <laughs> we'll see. We'll mm. see. So, um, yeah. Hey, hopefully if you're coming to Americade, come and find me. Um, or throw rotten eggs at her because she enjoys that kind of therapy. Most likely be wearing something that resembles evil can evil, unless it's too hot. You're not going to wear chance. a. Good I chance. think you should wear a blue velvet smoking no, jacket. No, 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 I really no. do. Hey, and I uh, had some more t shirt uh, orders this week. Keep them coming. You go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You find yes. pictures of us, yes. links to stuff, but yes. also you can uh, shop in our store and get the new evil can evil silhouette All shirt. All the things. Yes, exactly. Righty-o. Um, again, congratulations to Micah and Charlie. Oh, Our kids was, are yeah. growing up. Kids were growing up. Kids are growing up, I know. All right, so yeah, I'm going to get Maricade nailed, and then my sights are set on vintage days. Your sides, the so sights set are set on, on them, the Alpine and, Adventure. And bagels, sights are set on something. 
Yep. One day we'll owning a proper space. motorbike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, hey, big thanks to everyone, including our Patreon subscribers. Who are easily the finest human beings in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. 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 And keep them coming. Em, I think you got caught up on your... Yeah, Ask no, I, I've, got, I've got a second email to send to somebody who's building um, an FZ400 wiring harness. You're giving me Ooh. poop for being behind on my emails you got behind on your emails yeah you've been busy it's springtime and i'm just slammed at work but i always try and find time for the patreon people and not just that you actually take time to be thorough in your well you know it's it's that's i appreciate if you send an inquiry to ask miss emma you're not going to get a yes or no answer you're going to get a thoughtful answer hopefully a researched answer and um you know, I regard it as, as I take pride in the answers I give, but I, I don't take pride in not answering yeah. them straight away, I'm afraid. And then I got one last request. Uh, yeah. And this is an old nugget I'm bringing back. Hey, if you haven't yet, please give us a review Ooh. on iTunes or Google or wherever you listen, uh, where you're able to leave a review. I appreciate it. It helps other people find us. Um, I think that's it. I'm I do re- as well. I need to. I need to. I need to get you out of here. You need to get cracking here, dear. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. Emma, darling. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, 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 cool.